0: Hey hey! What's up, everyone? Good morning. Good morning. Hope everybody is doing great and fantastic. Let me know in the comments. You can see me and hear me, okay? And make sure you like, comment, and share, folks. Uh, today's going to be an important session. I'm talking. I'm sharing four tips with you in relation to uh, four tips for for acing your your video interviews. Four things you need to keep in mind. These are things I've seen. Uh, you know, people at, at various levels of their career fail to do or not do as well as they can. Uh, some of these might seem like very simple and basic tips, but I guarantee you folks, I've seen people at all levels of their career, This is going to be an important session. I'm talking, uh, at all levels of their career, uh, mess up on these things or, or not do these things as best as they could. So, uh, let me know in the comments who you are, where you're tuning in from, uh, make sure you comment. Don't be shy. This is a great networking opportunity for those of you who are actively on the market for work or, or maybe even if you're not. Uh, So let me know in the comments who you are and where you're tuning in from so I I know where everyone is uh, located. Uh, We got Jakir from India. Thanks for tuning in, Jakir. Appreciate you uh, watching and tuning in today. Um, Let me know in the comments, folks. Looks like uh, we got a shy crowd today. Not not everyone is uh, putting in the comments who they are and where they're tuning in from. But uh, no worries. I'll just give it a few more minutes and I'll uh, start speaking about today's topic uh and let me actually just go live on uh, instagram as well while we're waiting for people to start tuning in uh there's an echo in the voice i'm not sure why that's happening uh let's see here yeah i'm not sure why the why there's an echo there should not be an echo so uh, i don't know maybe something at your end uh but uh, we got Ahmed in the house. Uh, Ahmed, thanks for tuning in. We got, and he's from Pakistan. Wow, all the way from Pakistan. So thanks for tuning in. We got Raman from the UK. We got Krishna from Bangalore. We got Palavi from India. Thanks for tuning in. Pallavi, we got Abhishek from Canada. Awesome. Where, where are all my Toronto people? I want to see my Toronto people. Uh, Pino from uh, Toronto. Awesome. Thanks for tuning in. Pino, appreciate you tuning in uh pino says looking forward to hear what you have to say awesome awesome fantastic appreciate that pino uh and folks look um give a little introduction about yourself in the comments right again this is a great networking opportunity for all of you who are tuning in uh, more than happy for for all of you to utilize my platform maybe you uh you can connect with each other expand your networks uh and uh, uh you know build up that momentum on on uh, your presence here on linkedin so uh that being said uh let me just go live on instagram as well so i'll uh, just quickly all right shout out to everyone there on instagram thanks for tuning in i'm speaking about today the topic i'm speaking about today is four tips to help you ace and and be well prepared for your video interviews so uh we got some more comments here amit says thanks you too uh we got nancy from Fal- halifax all the way from halifax awesome east coast is in the house thanks for tuning in nancy uh, we got Himani from Bangalore. Awesome, Himani. Thanks for tuning in. We got Disha from Montreal. Montreal, awesome. Bonjour, uh, Disha. Thanks for tuning in. We got Hiral from India. We got uh, Roya. Excited to hear what you're going to say. Thanks, uh, Roya. I appreciate you tuning in. All right, folks, so let's get this party started, right? And uh, sh- uh, shout out to Manish on Instagram for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in, uh, uh, Manish. Uh, we got a few more people. Mola from Toronto. Hey, Mola, thanks for tuning in. Pino says, I'm a recruiter. I specialize in the recruitment of HR professionals in Toronto. Feel free to add me on LinkedIn. Awesome, awesome. So, folks, you need to be doing what Pino is doing. You need to be introducing yourself. So, any HR professionals in Toronto, uh, you wanna, you're wanna, you on the market. You're looking for opportunities. Feel free to connect with Pino, right? That, that might be a great contact for, for the HR professionals uh, here in Toronto. So, feel free to introduce yourself in the comments, folks. So, uh, today's topic, and what I'm speaking about today is uh, four tips to help best prepare and put yourself in a position where you can win your video interviews, right? So I got four tips. Now, today's definitely a note-taking session for those of you who are active job seekers. You wanna make sure you're taking notes. Now, before I get started, uh, just a few announcements here. Just wanted to give everyone a heads up. For those of you uh, in the tech space or those of you who are project managers, I will be speaking this Saturday, November 7th at the PMI Virtual Professional Development Day. Now, there's gonna be several awesome speakers there one of the keynote speakers is uh, is uh, swish goswami some of you might have heard of swish well known on linkedin he he's only like 22 23 years old such a great presence and he's going to be one of the keynote speakers i'm going to be one of the one of the other speakers in one of the sessions i'm going to be speaking about how to how to handle your job search from end to end during the current situation the current job market conditions so again that event is this saturday november 7th uh, it's like an all day event my my speaking session i believe is in the afternoon but if you want more information, I put the link here on, on the screen. You can see uh, right down there. Uh, I've got the link. Uh, so feel free to check that out. It, and you can check out the, the details for, for uh, ticketing and all that stuff. And, and see who the other speakers are. It's going to be a fantastic event. Really looking forward to it. I'm going to be having a live Q&A as well after my session to answer everyone's questions uh, on their job search. So if you're if you haven't signed up already, make sure you check it out. It's going to be a fantastic event and i uh, hope to see all of you there again great speakers there make sure you check it out so it's going to be this saturday november 7th and it's the pmi uh, ontario chapters virtual professional development day so make sure you check that out another heads up hey if you're a job seeker make sure you subscribe to my weekly job search strategies newsletter i release a new session a new edition every monday at 7:30 a.m eastern time zone uh, the link is uh, i don't think you can click on this link but it's down there It's uh, www.deancolavira.com forward slash newsletter. So make sure you sign up for that. And uh, let's get into today's session, folks. So what I'm speaking about today is. uh, Let's see here. So we got Edward here says, hey, the topic sounds interesting. I wish it was more to the point. Takes a lot of time to get started. And same thing is repeated over and over. Uh, not sure what you're talking about there, Edward. I'm not sure, sure if you're you're saying that I'm not getting to the point or if you're saying that, that video interviews don't get to the point right away. So feel free to clarify. All right. Uh, Sachin says, uh, hi, hi, Sa- hi, Sachin Amin from Transcurve Consulting, specializing in ODHR and business consulting. Please feel free to get get in touch for any discussion related to people or org or issues. All right. Sounds good, Sachin. Thanks for tuning in. All right, folks. So today's session, I'm talking about four tips to help you win your uh, or ace your video interviews. Right now, tip number one is probably the most important one, and probably one of the most basic ones, but probably one of the most overlooked uh, aspects to video interviews that I've seen so many, so many people, so many job seekers uh, kind of fail to do, and in terms of uh, uh, you know fail to do as well as not do this quite effectively. And and this is based on my experience. Previously, as a uh, as a former recruiter, right, working in IT recruitment for eight plus years, um, I've seen a lot of people actually flunk the interview just at this very simple step. And so, step number tip number one is making sure that you are se- you are making sure that your setup, your technical setup, is actually working and functioning. This is one of those things that again, it's, it seems like such a basic thing, but I, as a recruiter, have seen so many job seekers, so many candidates that that, that have been presented for positions. Uh, fail to do and and not do this effectively enough so folks tip number one is look you gotta make sure that your technical setup is functioning and and everything is all set at your end from a technical standpoint mistake a lot of job seekers do is they they set things up and they, they actually test out their camera their mic their video their audio and all that and all that stuff a few minutes before the interview or or during the video interview itself so you gotta make sure at your end folks that you are testing out your your equipment and, and all those technical aspects that you're in and make sure that all of, all of that stuff is, is all set up and, and, and working and functioning well before the interview because you don't want, again, you don't want to have to deal with these things during the interview and, or, or, or right before the interview and, and, and have it mess up your chances of having a, a, a proper conversation with the hiring team or the hiring manager, <clears throat> right? So you need to make sure that you're testing all these things. So again, mic, is your mic functioning? Is your camera functioning? Is, is the sound working? Is, is it able to pick up the sound? Like, a is your mic picking up the sound? And is your camera, like, can your system, can your computer, can your laptop even handle your camera? Look, there are some cameras out there. Some of you are buying HD cameras that your laptop or your computer can't even handle because the resolution is set to high. So you got to check out your settings as well. I've seen many people uh, unable to... Have a proper, have a normal, you know, proper conversation because the video is lagging. The software can't handle, I mean, the system can't handle the, the mic, sorry, the, the camera or the mic or, or whatever the hardware is. So ensure this compatibility, folks, and you got to test it out. So well before the interview, set up a conversation with someone that you can test that out with as well, right? Maybe a friend, maybe a fam- family member, maybe a colleague. Say, hey, look, I'm a, I got an interview coming up, a video interview. Can you can you set aside a few minutes just so I can test it out? test this out and make sure that this is working on this platform? Uh, so, uh, you know, make sure that stuff is right. Now, in regards to the software, I wanted to speak real quick about the software. And this is especially in relation to Zoom or, or uh, you know, what's the other one, WebEx or any other, other uh, video conferencing platforms you might be using. A lot of you might be making, uh, uh, you know, uh, feeling like, okay, you know, you're, you're going to use the browser-based or the web-based version. Now, I have seen uh, issues with candidates who have used the browser or web-based version whereby there's a lag in, in the communication or the lag in the video. Or, or simply things disconnected. Now, I actually experienced this recently with one of my coaching clients where we kept getting disconnected on the Zoom call, right? And we, we couldn't figure out what was happening on, on, until ultimately, ultimately doing some troubleshooting, I was able to figure out that they were using the, the browser-based version of Zoom to, to, have this, to have our coaching sessions, right? So now, so I had him uh, download the client, like the, right the Zoom client and, and everything was fine after that. So you got to make sure so i would advise you to not use the browser-based version see if you can download the actual client onto your system uh in order to have that uh, you know use that platform whether it's zoom or webex or microsoft teams or any other uh, uh you know platform that might be uh, utilized for these uh, video interviews that that you're you're being scheduled for so that would be my advice to that now the, the second part of that is you got to make sure that the software is able to run on your system right because if your system is fairly old it, it can handle the, the the client that you downloaded, that might be an issue as well. So look, clearly, folks, you got to figure these things out well before the interview, right? You got to figure out can uh, you know can I use the browser based version? If I download the client, is uh, can my system handle it? Uh, uh, is my camera going to be able to handle? Like, is my system going to be able to handle the camera? Is my mic working properly? All these technical aspects, folks, you need to figure these things out well before the interview. It is not the interviewer's job to figure these things out or help you out or troubleshoot you with this stuff. Or, or, or don't expect them to uh, you know, be lenient about the fact that you're not well prepared at your end. Because guess what? Not looking into these things well before the interview sh- will show from their stamp- from their perspective, from their standpoint, they will consider it as if a, a lack of interest in your part because you haven't put in the, put in the effort to, to check well before their co- the conversation as to whether things are compatible on your side and your end of things. So make sure you are, uh, you know, looking into this this technical setup stuff, right? Now another tip I wanted to share in regards to the technical aspects is as much as possible I usually advise people avoid using your smartphone unless you know it's a smartphone that that has a, a, a great data connection or that you're connected to a Wi-Fi that can actually, that I, that can actually handle the bandwidth. Required for a video conference or a video discussion, right? Especially because keep in mind it's two way, right? Like you, all of you watching this, it's it's kind of a one way, right? You're just streaming my video, but when it's two way, there's more more bandwidth required for that. So you got to make sure your phone, your smartphone, is able to handle that, and and make sure you have a strong in, in, internet connection. Because look, if there's going to be video lags and stuff like that, that's going to affect the communication. No matter how good you're, you're selling yourself and pitching yourself and talking about your experience and all that stuff. When there's a video lag and, and, you know, there's that those interruptions involved in the communication, that's going to affect your ability to to sell yourself. And and it's just going to ruin the conversation. Right. So you got to make sure there's a smooth connection. If you're using your smartphone, just in case, I would suggest, you you know, make sure it's a full battery or it's plugged in Uh, and make sure, again, Internet connection is extremely, extremely important. So make sure that, uh, you know, that that, that stuff is all, all figured out. Now, all that being said, have a backup plan, folks. You got to have a backup plan because just in case, you know, you can check things like a few days in advance, but on the interview itself, you know, Murphy's law, right? If anything can go wrong, it will go wrong. And and exactly when you don't want things to go wrong. So have a backup plan. Like what is your backup plan? Do you have an additional laptop you can use? Is there an additional desktop or PC or, or, or whatever it is that you use as a backup Right, as a backup for you to utilize uh, in case whatever you are planning to use does not really uh, is is not functioning the way that you expected, so always have a backup plan. That's very important. Uh, Pino, I see you made a great comment here. You uh, you were talking about uh, lighting as well. So Pino says excellent first tip. Agree one hundred percent. Thanks Pino, appreciate that. Uh, make sure the mic's working. Absolutely, Pino, agree with you. And yeah, Pino, you mentioned something really important: lighting. I can't tell you over the years how many times I've had a video call with candidates, uh, folks, where I could not, literally could not see the candidate. Uh, a lot of you um, are not considering the importance of lighting, good lighting. So see, I got this light in front of me, right? So all of you can see my face, at least to a certain degree, clearly. So you got to make sure that you're in a well-lighted area. Now, well-lighted does not mean you got your back to the window, right? Or, or you got the light source behind you. Because look, check this out. If I, if I turn off this light... The lighting is not as good right now i do have some light coming here on the side but it's not it's not perfect it's not ideal so so if you have some good lighting they can actually see your face and you can simulate that connection you uh, know as in a one-on-one uh, conversation in person uh because look through video you're trying to simulate as much as possible that personal connection you have in, in a one-on-one communication so at your and make sure that your lighting you're facing the light right now i'm not saying have like high high beams right at your face where you're squinting and you can't really see anything i'm not saying that but you should have a, a, a good light source in front of you, right? It's not just about what's behind you, the light source behind you. It's about can they see you? Is the light source in front of you as well so they can actually see you and connect with you? They can actually see your face and actually, you know, build that connection uh, with you, right? Um, so definitely you want to do that. Now, the other tip I have is, I'm, and I'm and I'm kind of violating this myself right now, you got to be looking at the camera, right? Avoid the temptation to look at the screen because the screen is obviously where all of us so consciously or subconsciously, we, we look at the screen because that's where we see the individual, the person that we're speaking to, the interviewer, right? Now, you want to look at the camera because you want to, again, simulate that eye contact you would have in a one-on-one conversation in person. So resist the temptation, folks, to only look at the screen. Now, there will be times you'll probably glance at the screen when they're speaking because you want to you look at them when they're speaking. But when you are speaking, when you are providing your responses as much as possible, avoid looking at the screen itself look right into your camera directly into your camera when you're giving your responses because that builds that one-on-one that it's si- at least it simulates that one-on-one that that appearance of a one-on-one on-site interview that uh, you would have had you know if not for these circumstances that, that we're in. Because look, even in one-on-one communication, everyone knows eye contact is extremely important, right? Especially uh, at least here in North America. Now I know there's maybe other parts in the world where make, maybe making eye contact is not a good thing or maybe there's some cultural uh, you know issues with that. But I'm talking here in North America, right here in Canada, the US, most of you following me are, are based out of Canada or the US. You gotta make the eye contact. You gotta simulate that in the, vid- in the video interview because you're not there in person. So when you're responding, when you're speaking, look into the camera. Avoid looking only at the screen. Uh, again, that's gonna that's gonna help you with with simulating that that one on one conversation, right? So um, um, you know all of these technical aspects, folks, you gotta keep these in mind. And in addition to the technical aspects, good lighting and making eye contact with the camera, all right? So uh, now going on to tip number two, research, research folks. This is another aspect. I have seen many, many candidates flunk this uh, when I was previously a recruiter. Because, because everyone's so focused on, on preparing themselves, right? Okay, I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to talk about this. Yeah, I got to talk about this technology. I got to talk about these projects, which is great. I'm not saying that's not important, but a lot of people lose sight of uh, the organization itself. Have you researched the organization and not just the organization? Have you researched the, the individuals that will be sitting across from you, at least virtually on the on the video interview, right? So first thing is research the organization, right? I mean a typical question you're going to get asked, especially especially for full-time permanent positions. You will get asked folks, "Hey, what do you know about our organization? What interests you about our company? What interests you in working for this department, for this division, for uh, for this team? What excites you about our solutions, our services, our products and all that stuff?" You're more likely to get asked these questions folks uh, if it's a full-time permanent role. Contract maybe not so much, but I have had cases where where you know hiring hiring managers and mm-hmm who are hiring for contract positions, they do want to uh, assess the level of interest the candidate has in the company itself. So you need to do some, at least some high level research, at least some abstract level research on the company or the organization. Now, my advice to candidates when I'm, uh, you know, when I was a recruiter, and and even right now, as I'm doing uh, career coaching as well, uh, you don't need to spend hours and hours researching the company or the organization. I'm not saying dive deep into it, you know, don't go at it like matrix style, where you're totally uh, you know going 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 way in and researching each and every aspect of the company if you can do that that's fine you know go ahead and do that but what you need to do here is have at least a high level knowledge of the organization the company the organization the mandate um their most popular and major uh solutions products and services right that is extremely important extremely key especially for those of you who are who are working in tech your it professionals and and you're going to be working on a specific type of project or or specific type of solution zero zero excuses folks as to why you would not research that solution you know you're going to be working on if you if you have knowledge of it of course but you should definitely definitely research their their major products services solution their 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 award-winning product solutions and services and if at, a, if at all possible, see if you can research their their, their technical environment as well, if at all possible. Now, now this, is, this is pretty straightforward to do. You can do this by researching their website. You could do this by researching uh, on LinkedIn in terms of the employees that they have already working there. If you look at the employee profiles, uh, especially for people in tech, you can actually take a look at, hey, what technical skills do these people have? what technical uh, abilities do these people have what 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 technologies and and tools and all this stuff have they have these uh, existing employees mentioned on their profiles which should give a clue to what's in their technical environment right so this is a, another way for you to kind of research that and figure out figure those things out so again the research aspect very important again not saying you you know you don't have to spend hours and hours stressing out over this but you should have a at least a high level of understanding of the organization right what they do what their mandate is their, their their top product services and solutions why they're popular any awards they might have win one uh, uh maybe their their philanthropic efforts as well right community stuff that they do uh have a have a general understanding about the organization folks very important right? now the second part of of research is researching the, the people that will be interviewing you right a lot of people don't do this you need to research the, the the actual individual or individuals if it's a panel interview might be multiple people that you're going to be meeting with now not everyone's going to be listed on linkedin not everyone has a thorough linkedin profile filled out but you want to research these individuals online on linkedin uh, get an idea of their back go visit their profile actually take the time to visit their profile read over their profile what's their background uh, what's their skill set what is their area of expertise how is their career progress uh, what is their current position obviously this is going to give you an idea of their perspective, folks. What the, the kind of perspective they bring to the table, how they progressed in their career, and ultimately, that's going to help you uh, at least anticipate the kind of perspective they bring to the table, and therefore anticipate the kind of questions that they might ask. Now, it's not just about the questions that they're that they're going to ask, but this will also help you identify uh, what might be important to them, right? Uh, given the, their position, where they've come from, their career. Uh, you know their perspective and all that stuff but also what they're doing right now what 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 would interest them like why would they be present in this uh, particular interview conversation so when you research you need to be able to research and actually see what information you can gather and figure these things out now uh, for the prior to the interview your point of contact whoever your point of contact is maybe it's an internal corporate recruiter at the organization maybe you're being represented by an agency you need to have a thorough discussion with the agency in terms of what information they can provide to you regarding who's going to be interviewing you. Right now, maybe it's a new client of theirs. In that case, they might not be able to share more uh, much information. However, if it is, if it is uh, you know a, a well-established relationship, then you got to be able to have that discussion with your with your agency contact uh, for more information regarding who's going to be interviewing you, what they're like, and 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 you know stuff like that. So use and utilize your point of contact now. Maybe you're not being represented by an agency. Still, no excuse, folks. You got to ask your point of contact. Maybe it's the HR manager, the HR person. Get more, get as much information as possible in terms of uh, who you're going to be meeting with, who else is going to be there, and what what you can expect. What what at your end, what you can expect the the, the conversation to be like. You uh, you got to do your due diligence due, uh, due diligence at your end, right? Uh, don't just sit there and, and and let things kind of flow flow as they will. You got to ask questions and inquire about these things prior to your interview from your point of contact, right? Uh, uh, so we we got uh, so we got a comment here from so Roya says Dean not always the interviewee would know the people who are going to interview him or her, right? Yeah, so that's a good point, Roya. So so Roy, this is where my, just like I suggested just now, whoever your point of contact is, uh, like you got to find out who, who who's gonna from them. You got to find out who's gonna be present at the interview. Now the initial phone call, yeah, you, you you know you might not be able to figure out who's gonna be giving you that that initial that initial pre-screen phone call. You're probably not gonna know who's gonna be. I mean, most likely it's gonna be either the hiring manager or it's gonna be the the HR person or the corporate recruiter or or if it's an agency, it's gonna be the agency recruiter calling you to contact you. But beyond that point, beyond that initial contact, you need to be having a a thorough discussion with your point of contact, whoever that is, to figure out hey, who's gonna be at this next interview that's gonna be uh, scheduled uh what information would help me prepare for this who's going to be present is there going to be multiple people is there going to be multiple individuals what are their titles hey, what are their names right and it's and your end you need to take these these names and these titles and all that stuff and you need to do your research on linkedin and see as much as you can find about these individuals prior to your conversation right so hope that helps for great great question all right now moving on to tip number three folks refresh yourself on your own resume now this is another key mistake i have seen so many people make and it's such a basic mistake uh, so many candidates make, uh, uh, you know, at their interviews. And, and, and you know, uh, Pino, if you're still there, maybe you can confirm this with me. I, I think you're, you're on the agency side of things as well, Pino. How many times have you heard hiring managers say, hey, this candidate does not appear familiar with their own resume, or they weren't able to confidently explain their resume? Or any other agency recruiters watching this, let me know in the comments, because I want to make sure everyone knows I'm not just pulling this uh, out of a hat or something like that. This is a common mistake I've seen so many j- candidates make at their job interviews not being familiar with your own resume folks you got to review refresh yourself on your resume especially the most relevant aspects of your background and also the uh, you know those aspects uh, whereby uh, uh, you know you know they're going to ask you about it, or, or your most recent projects especially those recent projects from the most recent I, I if you're a senior level refresh yourself on the most recent projects folks within the past i'd say five to eight years at least right now Relevance is also key, like the most relevant projects are are probably the ones that they're going to ask you about. So if you have a relevant projects, project on your resume that might be recent, maybe there's something from like within the past year. But maybe there's another relevant project from like 10 years ago. Guess what? You got to you got to refresh yourself on that project from 10 years ago, because because of its relevance, the chances are the hiring team or or the, the interview panel, they might ask you about it. Right. Uh, so Pino says, uh, uh, yes, 100%. You're right. Yeah. So guys, folks, and Pino's, by the way, from a different industry as well, right? He recruits for HR professionals. I, 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 as a former recruiter, recruited on IT professionals. But it's the same thing. Like, we see this all the time, right? Like, working on the agency side, working in recruitment. Unfortunately, fantastic candidates, great candidates, stellar candidates who forget to refresh themselves on their own resume. And guess what, folks? The resume isn't everything. Your resume is not everything. I'm not saying it's everything. But it's definitely important because guess What? The interview panel the hiring team that's the only document they have in front of you uh, sorry in front of themselves the, your resume is the only document they have in front of in front of themselves that represents you and, and something that they can refer to ask you questions so if you're not the expert on your own resume that's going to be a problem especially if they start probing about, about uh, you know the, these various projects that you've been doing especially in the most recent ones right within the past few years um so you got to be the the expert on your resume folks again lo- uh, aim, aim for the relevant stuff you got to definitely refresh yourself on the most relevant stuff the relevant projects relevant achievements but uh, especially the most recent uh, uh you know stuff listed on your resume as well because you need to be able to expand on and elaborate on uh you know your most recent projects that are listed on your resume so be the expert on your resume right your resume and everything but you gotta be the the expert on your resume. So remember this; it's extremely important, right? Now, other tip is, and tip this brings me to, to my final tip, right? And, and this is tip number four. Uh, and I got a couple of components here that I wrote down. Look, you got you gotta show interest and enthusiasm, folks. Look, there's there's people out there giving giving advice like, oh yeah, don't don't show too much interest, don't show too much uh, enthusiasm and all that stuff, folks. This is baloney. I can tell you right now, it's baloney as a recruiter working in, in IT recruitment for like eight plus years, but one of the pieces of advice I always give to the candidates that I represent is always, always show interest and always, always show in, in enthusiasm. Everything being equal between two can let's say that we got two candidates, right? every Both have the same skill set, same abilities. Everything being equal, the one with the most showing the most interest and the most enthusiasm for the position will be given preference by the hiring team, right? I guarantee that. So obviously, there's going to be various components, right? Aside from being interested and enthusiastic, I mean, if if you don't have the ability to help them out or or be the right fit for the role, obviously, your interest and enthusiasm is not going to really uh, matter for much. But given the fact that you have demonstrated yourself to be a high value candidate as one of their top picks, uh, as having the ability to help them with whatever project they've got going on, you need to additionally show that interest and enthusiasm for the position, folks. It counts for a lot. Uh, it definitely makes an impression on hiring managers. And this is based on feedback I've heard from hiring managers over so many years. Uh, and, and it's something you definitely, definitely want to show, right? Uh, so we got uh, Pino here. saw so some additional comments. And to add to that, do not have any spelling or grammar errors on your resume. A company will discount you if you don't take the time to write properly. 100% agree, Pino. Hey, look, folks, look, we can all complain about, oh, yeah, grammar mistakes and, and spelling mistakes, uh, you know, does it matter, stuff like that folks uh i mean it is what it is right i mean uh, you will get judged on your on your uh, your grammar your spelling and all that stuff so you at your end you need to do your due diligence and 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 get that part handled like make sure you do your grammar check maybe, maybe make sure you do your spelling check on your resume very important um uh, so pino says also i would like to add a resume it does not need to be three pages one page resume can be equally effective yeah so 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 pino i, I definitely see where you're coming from now for IT, Pino, and, and this, uh, you know, again, folks, this might depend on the industry. For IT, I would say it's very difficult for, for you know, a senior level person to uh, to uh, really showcase their value uh, for an IT position within one page, unless it's a junior or entry level position. But I know there are industries out there where, you know, you can definitely communicate that within one page. But uh, in regards to IT, IT recruitment, uh, because IT recruiters are, are heavily keyword driven, right? We're looking for for skills, technologies, tools, industries, and stuff like that. You might not be able to effectively, you know, showcase your value within one page. So again, this advice, I would say it it, it depends on the industry. Uh, I would say in my case, uh, opinion, you know, uh, recruiting in IT, uh, especially if it's like a senior level person, I can't see how how you know uh, a one page resume can do them justice. But again, depends on the industry, folks, right? But uh, but appreciate you sharing that, Pino. Uh, but but look, the folks, the the point here is, can you communicate your value, right? That that should be the focus, not the number of pages. Can you communicate your value? Can you show how you're show showcase your ability to solve problems or or do certain tasks and and all that stuff? That's that should be the focus, not the number of pages. Like if you can communicate that within uh, like a couple of pages, hey, good for you, right? If you need a few more few more pages, at least within IT, that's fine. In, in IT, it's kind of difficult to. To kind of uh, you know demonstrate that within within one page. So again, depends on the industry, folks. For those of you watching who are IT professionals, hey, look, you got to put the focus at, like it's, it's very keyword driven, right? IT recruiter recruiters are very keyword driven, so keep that in mind, right? But about great comment there, Pino uh and then we got a comment here that says ask them to have their phone numbers on their resumes yeah absolutely totally to- totally agree with you folks if you're only putting your like this is something that really frustrated me as a recruiter actually and i'm and I'm glad am uh, glad whoever put that i'm not i think it was jessica it's not displaying the name unfortunately but uh, but going by pino's comment i think it was jessica that posted that uh so shout out to jessica but yeah this is one of my greatest frustrations as a, as a recruiter folks is when people only put their email address I send them an email because it's a great candidate, fantastic candidate. I want, to, I want to speak to them. I send them an email. And for whatever reason, my email ended up in their spam folder or their junk folder or, or they didn't get my email. Or they forgot to update their email and there's some kind of an outdated email listed on your resume. It happens. And guess what, folks? Those are lost opportunities. Everyone should be putting their phone number on their resume, right? Unless, unless you have your, I don't know, like maybe you're in secret service or something, right? Maybe that's why you don't want to put your phone number. But if not... You got you got <laughs> you got to put your phone number, folks, right? Because that's the that's the quickest way for a recruiter, someone who's excited about your profile, excited about your uh, what's written on your profile. Uh, you know uh, what they see see on in terms of the projects you've done. You need to reduce the, the the amount of time to get from point A to point B, and the and the shortest distance between two points in, in my world as a recruiter is a phone call, folks, right? Uh, Pino, Jessica, let me know if you agree with that comment, right? The shortest distance between two points is a phone call, right? In the world of recruitment. So I want to be able to contact a fantastic candidate as soon as possible. So all of you need to be uh, putting in your your phone number on your resume. You got to be putting your phone number on your resume, folks. Do not shy shy away from phone conversations. Even if you're shy to, to get, you know, a phone call or something like that, at some point, you will have to speak on the phone. So you got to include your phone number, right? Because guess what? I'm not going to be chasing after the people that don't respond via email. I'm going to be moving on to the next phone call, folks. As a recruiter, I've got, I've got a whole pipeline of candidates i got to re- uh, reach out to, and I'm sure it's the same case with Pino and Jessica as well, right? We're not going to be uh, you know, uh, bent up on, on one candidate we've been trying to reach out through email because we got KPIs to meet. We got, we got targets to meet and, and all that stuff. So I'll send an email to a great candidate if there's no phone number, hey, uh, I mean, uh, unfortunately, I can't uh, call them. But then I'm moving on to the next candidate, right? So you got to be able to, to make sure that the recruiter is able to reach you as soon as possible, right? Uh, and uh, uh, let's see here. Uh, yeah, Jessica says, yes, that was her. Uh, <laughs> I agree 100%. Uh, I text people. Yeah, definitely texting is also fantastic as well. Definitely highly recommend. If you're a recruiter watching this, you got to make, make use of texting candidates as well. It's a great way to get in touch with people. Right, so so definitely make sure you do that. Uh, now, in in regards to, uh, I'm just gonna uh, quickly wrap up my fourth tip here. Uh, the other aspect, folks, is uh, follow up. Follow up is extremely important because look, a lot of you are thinking about the uh, the jobs, uh, the interview as, hey, look, uh, you know, the interview is just the one hour that I, that I have the conversation with them and that's it. The way I see it, folks, the interview starts from the moment that they look at your resume up until the moment they make that final decision. That is the actual interview cycle, in my opinion. Right. The interview is not just that 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 one hour you speak with them or that half an hour you have that phone call with them the interview is much larger than that it is the interview from from the moment you they they see your resume up until they make that final decision as to whether they want to move ahead with you or not everything in between is considered uh, i consider as part of the interview cycle so follow-up is what contributes to this as well like you got to follow up after the interview show interest show enthusiasm again add value Right? And, and you got to follow up in 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 the, in the sense of continuing that communication right now if you're if you're uh, applying directly to a company uh, in your follow-up this is an opportunity for you to again uh, keep adding value keep showcasing why you're you're a great candidate for the role keep showing interest and enthusiasm if you're being represented by an agency your point of contact is your your agency recruiter right so you got to keep showing them interest as well because guess what they're going to be con- uh, f- uh, folks they're going to be conveying that interest to the client Right. When I have when I when I have represented candidates as a recruiter on, on, again, being in the agency side of the equation. uh, When candidates that I have represented have gone gone in for an interview and they keep following up with me and showing interest. Guess what? I'm going to pass on that, pass that feedback on, pass that uh, interest on to the client or to the hiring manager. Or if I'm if I'm interacting with someone on the sales team who's coordinating that relationship, I let them know, hey, look, so and so keeps uh, like they're such a great candidate. They keep keep following up with me. They're very interested in the opportunity. And they're ready to go in the seat right away. Like, what's what's the stall from the client side of thing, things, right? And, and then the sales team, or or maybe I'm if I'm in direct contact with the client, I pass that on to them. I let them know, hey, look, so and so is really excited about the opportunity. They keep following up. They keep showing interest, and uh, you know they're they're a great candidate. You know, what's your decision on this person, right? So follow up is another is more additional opportunity for you to showcase interest. And and show why why you're a great great candidate for the position and keep that communication going right. So keep these things in mind, folks. Like you, you, so I shared four tips with you. Number one, technical setup. Make sure your technical setup is all is all all in place, and then you've tested everything in advance. Uh, tip number two was research. You got to research the organization, and you got to uh, research the interviewers as well, the interview panel, and who's going to be at the interview and all that stuff. Uh, tip number three was refresh yourself on your own resume. Extremely extremely important. You got to be the expert on your own resume at uh, tip number four was, uh, show interest, show interest, show enthusiasm. And you gotta, you gotta, uh, conduct follow-up as well. Follow-up is extremely powerful in showing continued interest and showing that you have uh, interest and enthusiasm in the position, in the opportunity, whoever your point of contact is, right? So those are the four tips today. So these are some tips that all of you need to take very, very seriously. These might seem like very simple tips. But I can't tell you how many people, and by the way, folks, do not think that this is just for junior or, or entry level people. I have seen candidates at, at the senior level flunk their interviews, right? Fail their interviews simply by not, not understanding these basics. Focus on the basics and, and you can handle the advanced stuff, right? You can you can you can further prep yourself and then sharpen yourself on those other other aspects that, that you need help with, right? So uh, that being said. Uh, yeah, so Jessica says, very much so. Same with texting. Texting is great. Yeah, 100% agree. Definitely agree with that. I love texting. Uh, thank you. Notes will get you very far in the interview process. It separates you uh, from the rest. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Pino says, follow up how email, phone call. Yeah, yeah, so, so good. Thanks for reminding me, Pino. Yeah, so folks, my suggestion is use every avenue available to follow up. That's what that's what my suggestion would be. Now, if you're being represented by an agency, you do not want to bypass your agency and, and go direct to the client to do your follow up. Your follow up should be with your agency contact, right? The person at the agency. Otherwise, it's gonna mess up the relationship. It's gonna ruin things. They might, the agency might even blacklist you, right? So if you're being represented by an agency, your point of contact is your your agency recruiter or your point of contact at the agency. And you can use phone to follow up with them. You can use email. If you're connected on LinkedIn, you can use LinkedIn as well. My suggestion is put some variety into it. Don't don't you know you can use all three of these things over the course of one week if, if needed, without coming across as as pestering or pesky or anything like that. Now, if you're uh, applying directly to the uh, organization, same thing. If your point of contact is the corporate recruiter, do not make the mistake of thinking you can bypass the corporate recruiter and go directly to the hiring manager after there is an established relationship between you and the corporate recruiter that will not reflect well on you. It might ruin ruin your chances in that opportunity as well. If uh, whoever your established point of contact is, that is who you need to be following up with. And yeah, you can use phone. You can use email. If you're connected on LinkedIn, you can use LinkedIn as well. So, uh, my suggestion is you gotta you gotta use whatever avenues available to you because certain people prefer certain uh, channels, right? One person might not like the phone. The other person might not like email. The other person might not like uh, LinkedIn, right? One uh, you know one one person might say, hey, yeah, I prefer getting getting follow up on the phone. Other person might say, yeah, check up check up with me on uh, through email. Other person might say, hey, just message me on LinkedIn. So you can actually establish like which they prefer actually uh, on your your last conversation, right? In your conversation with them, you can always ask, hey, uh, which which avenue would you prefer I follow up with you on? Like uh, through the phone, through email or through LinkedIn or or how would you like to do this? So use those avenues, folks, right? And then again, follow up is extremely important. So so keep all that that stuff in mind. So look, folks, I'm going to open things up to the Q&A right now. For those of you who are job seekers, any questions you have in relation to Video interviews, I want you to put in the comments right now and I'm going to spend a few minutes uh, answering any of your questions or even if anything outside of uh, the, the video interview, let me know anything job search related. Any questions you have right now, job search related, I want you to put in the comments and let me know. And uh, before I get to the Q- Q&A, for those of you IT professionals here in Canada or the US, you're struggling in your job search, you don't know how to handle these video interviews, the, the conversations, the negotiations, uh, uh, you know how to get attention from hiring teams, your resume is not getting you attention. Uh, you're not able to uh, get in contact with recruiters. You don't know how, know how to handle your conversations with recruiters. I do provide uh, one-on-one Zoom coaching and I'm also going to be uh, very soon collaborating with someone else on a group coaching program as well for IT professionals. So send me a direct message or let me know in the comments if you need help with this. If you want more information, I'm happy to set up a complimentary 30-minute Zoom uh, uh, discovery call with you to f- to learn more about uh, what your situation is and how I can help you through my coaching, all right? I'm happy to do that. Send me a direct message or uh, let me know in the comments. I'll get, I'll, I'll get, get to you uh, shortly. And again, this is for IT professionals right now, IT professionals in Canada or the US, all right? So uh, I'm gonna go through the questions now and open up the Q&A. I'm gonna take a quick sip of water. <clears throat> well, it's actually, it's it's lemon water. All right, so let's get to the questions, all right? Uh, so, so let's see here, let's see here uh <clears throat> okay so Roya says can you put the link for the subscription again yeah sure Roya let me let me put the so Roya's talking about my my uh, uh newsletter my weekly newsletter so that's the link so I'm just going to keep that there for a couple of seconds Uh so it's basically www.deankulawira.com forward slash newsletter I'm not sure if you're asking about the newsletter or the the PMI one Roya if you want the PMI one let me know I'll, I'll put that link uh on the display here as well all right, so let's go to the, to other questions. Uh, any other questions? Yeah. So any questions, folks? Any job search questions? Put in the comments. So I'm happy to do that. So Pino made a great comment here. So Pino says lighting is not expensive. I purchased lights from Amazon for sixty bucks. It makes a big difference. Yeah, totally agree with you, Pino. Folks, good lighting for your video interviews is a great investment. Like I, the lighting thing, I got. So I got one of those uh, those ring lights, but it's it's like a mini one. Like I can clip it onto the back of my desk, and this thing is. Let me see if I can. Sh- yeah, it's like this thing here, right? Look at this. Pretty simple, right? Nothing complex. And I just, that's my lighting. So I keep this for my lighting and I got this for like, I think it was like 40, 50 bucks from Amazon. So it's, 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 it's such a great investment, right? Because people can see me and all that stuff. So, uh, uh, definitely agree with that. Pino, great advice there. Uh, so what else here? Let's see. We got, uh, Anuj says backup power backup is also important. Yeah. Completely agree. Folks, you got to, got to have the power backup in case your your laptop or your your self smartphone runs out of battery during the video interview <clears throat> uh roya says thanks yeah no worries uh roya uh what else what else here yeah so pino made a great comment so pino says uh, uh yes jessica i agree i have seen people put their contact details on the bottom of their resume not good yeah, folks, your your contact information should be right up front, right, where everyone everyone can see it right away. Sometimes uh, some of you are putting it in in your in the footer uh, of your resume, and that's great, but but people might miss that. It, it might not capture attention. So your contact information should go right at the top where it's where it's seen and people can see it. Uh, Jessica says Pino Jessica 100 percent or it's not there and then they're unavailable un- unavailable at their email when it's time for a scheduled call to deliver their phone number. Yeah, exactly, folks don't don't you know stop this whole thing about not putting your phone number on your resume right like uh, if you're shy about it and like, folks get over it folks right i mean at some point you will have to have a phone conversation uh, i as far as i know i've never heard of anyone getting a job or getting in- interviewed through email like it's going to happen eventually either over the phone or through video so get over that anxiety like do what you got to do to handle it do some push-ups do some yoga whatever you need to do put your phone number on your resume I don't want you to lose out on opportunities just because you did not have your phone number there. They emailed you and the email ended up in in the junk folder, the spam folder. I don't want that to happen to you. So get over it. Put your phone number on your resume. All right. Uh, So what else here? We got uh, Jessica says uh, it matters. Attention to detail is so important. Yeah, absolutely. Jessica completely agree with you. Uh, We got Tarun here from India. Awesome. Uh, New Delhi's in the house. Shout out to Tarun. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, so Anuj says prepare some scenarios who will show your potential and key role in the team. Yeah, yeah, definitely Anuj, I agree with that. Uh, what else? What else? Any questions? Any questions? Okay, here we go. So we got a question from Yasir. So Yasir says, "Hey, any reason an organization's recruiter won't reply and should we follow up again if we don't get a feedback?" Yes, Yasir. So if they if if uh, so I'm not sure which part of the the job search cycle you're in right now or sorry, the interview cycle. So I'm not sure if you're talking about initial contact or, or I'm not sure if you're talking about the recruiter not replying after you've interviewed there. So either either case, here, uh, I would suggest you follow up. Right now, if if they don't don't get back to you initially or, or, or even during the interview cycle, it's possible there might be some kind of a hold up at their end. Or it could simply be, of course, that they just don't see you as the right fit for the role. Right. But don't assume that's the case, because I've, I've had a lot of situations where there's simply something internal going on at the organization. They can't publicly speak about whatever's going on. Maybe there's an internal shift in the organization, some kind of a restructuring, or simply that they're not interested, right? But either way, yes, sir, keep following up, right? Keep following up, keep showing interest. Ultimately, they're ultimately they're either going to let you know, hey, we we already found someone else or we didn't feel you were a good fit for the role, or they might say, hey, look, uh, you know our needs have changed. We got some things going on internally, we can't talk about, but we we want to keep in touch with you, and you know, let's keep in touch. So at your end risk, yes, sir, this is where follow-up comes in, right? You got to keep following up. Folks, a lot of you are, are, are making assumptions right away and taking it personally when people don't get back to you right away. Uh, I mean, look, I, I understand there's a lot of negativity on LinkedIn, like, hey, recruiters aren't getting back to you and you know, the, people are not doing this, people are not doing that. And I get that, right? I mean, obviously, as a recruiter, the most professional thing would be for the recruiter to let you know why they're not moving ahead with you or, or why this happened or why that happened. But sometimes there are certain situations where in order to keep the organization out of trouble or because of some legal reasons, sometimes uh, like some organizations do not provide re- uh, feedback simply because they don't want the feedback to turn into someone getting uh, getting upset or pissed off and then ending up in a lawsuit or something, right? Unfortunately, that does happen. So, uh, and the other aspect is of course, uh, maybe the maybe the recruiter is just simply caught up with some other things, right? Because priority, priorities change from a recruiter's perspective. Uh, so keep, so my advice to you, is just here, keep following up. Don't take it personally, keep following up, keep showing interest but keep looking for other opportunities do not put all your eggs in one basket folks as a candidate as a job seeker do not put all your eggs in one basket keep looking for other opportunities keep looking for you know what else is out there but at the same time don't give up on what you do have folks keep following up keep showing interest be a consistent presence and uh, if it's a situation that that's internal at the organization once that res- that's resolved you want to make sure you're the first person that they think about right so i uh, hope that helps you see all the best in your job search Pino says companies get flooded with resumes. How can a candidate stand out from the crowd? Yeah, Pino, that's a great question. So look, folks, uh, the reality is like you recruiters or organizations, especially right now, right during this pandemic, right because there's, there's, uh, the marketplace has been flooded with available talent. How you can how can you stand out aside from your resume? Because if you're only depending on your resume, you are competing against hundreds and hundreds of other resumes for the same same positions that you're applying for. I think I heard, uh, like I think I was reading this average that on average, every job posting receives 250 resumes. Now I can guarantee to you, to you folks that no recruiter out there is gonna go through each and every one of those 250 resumes, right? Now, you guys might not like to hear that, but that's the reality of the situation. Now, Pino, Jessica, if you're still there, you can confirm that for me. I mean, no chance in 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 ever that the recruiter is gonna go through each and every 250 applications, right? Now, how can you stand out? That's a good question that Pino asked. So this is where you got to use other means, folks, right? Uh, staffing agencies are a great way for you to stand out. In fact, if you're partnered up with a staffing agency and they see you as a, as a great fit for a position that they're recruiting on, on behalf of their client, they will help you bypass those 250 applications and, and that, that whole uh, you know flooded inbox thing and get you in front of the decision maker or the hiring manager. So that's that's one option right now. The other option is, you look, you got to use phone calls. You got to use emails to get in direct touch with whoever posted the position or whoever uh, you know, the point of contact is for that opportunity, right? So this is where you got to do some legwork and some research, use the phone, use email. That's, that's another way of standing out and and, 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 and separating yourself from those other 250 applications because most people who, uh, who submit their application for resumes online, I guarantee you very, you know, not all 250 of them are also sending follow-up emails and I guarantee, uh, close to none of them are going to be actually using the phone to call in and introduce themselves uh, to separate themselves and because look, everybody, everybody shies away from the cold call, right? Everybody shies away from the phone from the cold call, but the cold call is one of the most powerful methods that you can use to get in front of the recruiter, get in front if it's a direct apply and it, you know it's a small company, they don't have a recruiter, you're, you're dealing directly with the hiring manager. That's the, probably one of the best ways, right? But most of you watching this are not going to take that advice because you're not you're, you're, you're freaked out by the cold call. Because uh, this is not common; pra- it's, it's not a common thing that's being taught, right? So uh, that being said, just want to let you know, right? That's the reality of the situation. If you're able to uh, p- uh, develop that confidence to pick up the phone and call in, hey, you're going to be separating yourself from, from all of those applications, guaranteed. But if not, use email, use LinkedIn, identify the right people, get in touch with them. That's another great way for you to kind of separate yourself and stand out, right? Uh, great question there, Pino. Ayaz says, why recruiters ask a common question as why you change jobs from one company to another, what they want to conclude. Yeah, great question. What the what the recruiter is trying to conclude is motivation, right? Especially if it's a staffing agency, if it's a recruitment agency and they're presenting someone to their client and their client is going to pay them a fee for sorry, excuse me. Uh, The client is going to pay them a fee for taking on their candidate. They want to make sure that the chances of this candidate staying at the organization are gonna be at least for the duration of the contract, if it's a contract position or if it's a full-time position, at least for a couple of years, right? Now, there's no way to guarantee this obviously, right? But one of the ways to increase the chances of this happening so that their client is happy is to, to find out motivation, right? And, and a great way of finding out motivation is asking the, the, the candidate what, what motivated them to change from one, one company to another in the past. And that gives the recruiter an understanding of what, what motivates the candidate. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's uh, learning new things. Maybe it's technology. Maybe it's uh, working in a new industry. Maybe they hit a ceiling in career progression at, the, at, at this one company and they felt that the next company was a better progression for their career. So, this is so that the recruiter understands your motivations and what drives you as a candidate, which helps them decide hey, should I go ahead and present this candidate for this position or are they motivated by something that's going to make them you know join here use it as a stepping stone and then kind of move on to something else afterwards so again there's no guarantees here obviously from the recruiters viewpoint but it helps them evaluate the chances of whether or not this candidate bringing this candidate on again whether this is a staffing agency recruiter or a corporate recruiter whether it makes sense from from an investment standpoint to invest in this candidate and whether the organization or the client is going to get their roi their return on investment by bringing this candidate on now again uh the best uh, you know one of the ways that recruiters used to kind of figure this out is of course asking about your 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 motivations and in, in certain decisions you made previously in your career as reflected on your resume so hope that helps i great question there uh pino says dean can you talk about the importance of a professional linkedin profile pic yeah absolutely so folks it's very important for you to have a professional uh, uh linkedin profile pic right <clears throat> now I've seen some, like, you know, some of you folks are putting like you know pictures of, of monkeys and and horses and your pets, and and your kids and like I get, I mean that's fine, that that's cool and everything, but keep in mind this is LinkedIn, like your your profile is gonna get looked at by by recruiters or hiring managers, and people looking for talent, right? Now, if if it's a maybe if it's a startup, right? It, maybe you only want to work for startups, yeah, you know those funky startups, they got the ping pong tables. Uh, everyone wears like uh, you know jeans and t-shirts and and you know everyone does like headstands in the morning to kind of warm up everyone i don't know like stuff like that then maybe the picture of you know the horse or or the monkey and stuff like that hey maybe that might work for you but for the most part for the most part you do want to have a professional picture folks you want to have a professional picture that 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 shows your face shows who you are and uh again this is a this is for the most part i mean i mean it's kind of maybe it's kind of questionable right now because LinkedIn is uh, the lines are starting to kind of blur on LinkedIn. But for the most part, this is a professional networking, uh, uh, you know, platform right now. You don't have to be in a full suit or anything like that. You know, uh, again, this could depend on what your goals are, what kind of companies you're targeting It's company fine. If you're wearing a t-shirt and stuff like that, but it should be a professional picture. Like it should be your a picture of your face and, and it should be of you yourself. Right. And, and a good quality picture and uh consider what your what your target is what your aim is right are you looking for something in the corporate world something in a more formal environment hey then maybe taking a picture of yourself in a suit might make sense if you're aiming for the startups right the the startups the 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 liberty village side of things then then you you might want to consider something maybe more casual right because if you're dressed up in a tux and and they see you there there, and they see your profile they might assume right away you're not a cultural fit right so you want to eliminate that as well so first and foremost, what's your target, folks? What are you targeting? What is your target employer? And then based on that, definitely have a professional LinkedIn picture of yourself. Right? So uh, th- th- that's that's my viewpoint, by the way. That's my viewpoint, uh, folks. Feel free to share your own viewpoints in the comments as well. We got Mark Cooper from, from Connecticut, I guess. Hey, shout out to Mark. Thanks for tuning in, Mark. Uh, Pino says, uh, recruiters don't respond because we get flooded with resumes. We cannot contact everyone. Yeah, yeah, for sure folks look it's unrealistic for anyone to expect every recruiter to respond to each and every application that they get right recruiters just like any other profession recruiters do have to prioritize getting back to people getting getting back to applications that they receive and stuff like that no recruiter is going to reach out to every single application that they get right i I mean it's just not realistic like uh, uh, you know the focus is on okay of these 250 applications i'm going to conduct a boolean search or you know a keyword search I'm going to narrow that down to maybe I don't know 20 to 30 resumes and of those 20 to 30 resumes I'm going to I'm going to call like you know 7-8 people or something like that and of those 7-8 people I'm going to present four or five candidates for the position. That's how the, that's how the the system works, right? Overall, right? Uh, there might be some nuances and some some differences here and there depending on the position, but that's how it works, right? So you can't expect you know if a recruiter if you apply for a role don't expect to get 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 feedback on just because you you uh, provided an application or provided a uh, provided your resume. Now later on in the cycle if you have actively interviewed then of course the professional thing for the recruiter to do is provide you with feedback right whether whether there's no feedback or the feedback is good or bad. Now whether or not you you as a candidate can take and handle negative feedback that is your decision folks. Because the reason why a lot of recruiters don't give feedback is they have an experience with candidates who were not able to take feedback and got upset with the recruiters, started yelling at them and started being unprofessional. And that's what's ultimately led to a lot of recruiters not or being hesitant in providing negative feedback. Because look, a lot of people, their egos get in the way and they can't handle feedback. So you at your end as a candidate, you need to decide on whether you are open to receiving feedback as well. It's one thing to say, hey, I'm not getting feedback. I'm not getting feedback. But the question is, folks, can you handle the feedback? So that's something only you know the answer to. So if your ego is the size of Jupiter, you can't accept feedback and you start getting defensive and stuff like that, then don't ask for feedback and don't get upset when you don't get feedback, right? But if you do want the feedback, let the recruiter know up front. Have a, have a transparent conversation with your recruiter. Say, hey, hey, Dean, you know what? Uh, you know, I appreciate you presenting me for the role. I just wanted to kind of set the stage for things moving forward. Uh, I am I, very interested in receiving feedback from you, whether that feedback is negative or positive. I understand that, you know, some people, they flip out and they, they can't handle constructive criticism. But I want to let you know that I'm going to be very professional about it, Dean. I'm very, very uh, interested in hearing constructive criticism so that I can improve things at my end and I can do well in my job search. So it will be a huge help to me, Dean, if you can provide me with that constructive feedback. If you do receive any feedback from your client, set the stage right up front, folks, set the stage right up front. Right. And, and, and again, be willing to handle that constructive criticism. Don't get all defensive and upset. When when people give feedback and the feedback is it might be, uh, you know, maybe, uh, constructive criticism, right? you got to be able to handle the constructive criticism as well. Uh, so great, uh, great point there, Pino. Uh, so Yasir says, thanks. Is it okay to apply to the same organization more than three times? Yeah, sure. I don't see an issue with that, Yasir. Uh, Vijay says, nice information. Hey, no worries, Vijay. Uh, we got Anjali says, hi, Dean. What's your comment on sending both resume and cover letter with every follow-up message? Uh, yeah sure you can do that Anjali I'm not sure what that accomplishes though right if they already have your resume and your your uh, your cover letter uh, what point is there in you just keep sending that, that, that that's kind of like spam then right but you should still follow up though but if you are sending your resume and your cover letter there should be some context to it uh, Ayaz says appreciate it thanks for detailed explanation hey no worries Ayaz so look folks that is it for today I hope everyone got a lot of great information out of this appreciate everyone that commented and uh, shared their thoughts and their questions in the comments Uh, i go live every wednesday 11 a.m eastern time zone right here uh not only on uh, you know right here meaning on linkedin facebook youtube uh periscope uh and uh what's the other one uh what's other instagram instagram as well so shout out to everyone on instagram as well so hope everybody got some great information out of this and again if you are an it professional in canada or the us you're struggling in your job search do not keep struggling right do not be afraid to get help uh, your, your job search skill set and your, your actual professional skill set, those are two separate things. Do not start uh, you know getting getting upset at yourself that you can't handle your job search. It's not your fault if you can't handle your job search. The skill set required to conduct a successful job search is completely separate from the skill set required uh, for your role, for your position. Your expertise is in IT, folks, if you're an IT professional. Uh, conducting a successful job search is a completely different ballgame, completely different story. Completely different skill set. So look, if you want to set up a one-on-one 30-minute complimentary discovery call with me, if you're an IT professional here in Canada or the US, I'm happy to provide you with more information on how I can help you through my uh, coaching services as well. All right. So everyone have a fantastic day. Send me a direct message. if You want to get in touch with me. Have a fantastic day and take this information and apply it, folks. You got to apply the information. Don't just be like, you know, uh, you know, one of those uh, like armchair professors. You just listen to this stuff and you, you're amused by it and then you don't do anything with it. Apply this. Very important for your video interviews. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Everyone have a fantastic week ahead. Keep pushing through in your job search. Keep taking action and, you know, adjust those things that are not working. Keep doing the things that are working and keep pushing through, folks. All right. Stay positive. Keep taking action. Everyone have a fantastic week ahead. Take care.